the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. Bible scholar and attorney David Gibbs, legal counsel for Maranatha Bible Church, participated in a question and answer Bible study with Pastor Rander Draper. In his own words, Attorney Gibbs likes to help people with real problems through the uncompromising application of God's Word. Proverbs 3, 5-6 through 6 teaches us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not our human, finite understanding, and to acknowledge Him in all things as He directs our paths. Through application of this in all Scripture, He serves as an advocate for Christ in all matters presented to Him. Listen in as Attorney Gibbs and Pastor Draper engage in this thought-provoking biblical dialogue. Scriptures will be referenced, so keep pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in. Attorney Gibbs, will you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, But I was blessed. Um, I had uh, parents. uh, My dad was an attorney and parents, which was, in my case, grandparents that walked with the Lord, and then my parents and, and even my great-grandparents, as we've been able to look back. And so it is a wonderful thing when you can pass along that heritage of faith. And so I, and I realize some folks here, you're first-generation Christian, you're trying to reach your family, and I, I certainly look for you to start that legacy in your own family. Uh, but I was blessed. Um, I had uh, parents. Uh, my dad was an attorney and was involved in helping a lot of Christian schools and churches. And so uh, he and I worked uh, together for many years until he retired into evangelism. And so uh, on the personal front, uh, most of my kids have been here at different points over the years. Uh, But just to give you the the personal side, when my kids were little, we had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and we were blessed with twins. (laughs) Four, three, and under. Okay, so that's a hopping little group. Now, they're... They're uh, 23, uh, soon to be 21, or going to be 22, and the twins are 19. A couple nice things. The kids are walking with the Lord. I mean, believe that's just, again, blessings. And by the way, moms and dads, hear me out. You can't make them do the right thing. How many would like to be able to make them do the right thing? Okay, I mean, I, and I... But what you try to do, and by the way, we all do this. You, you try to give them every opportunity. You try to give them good information. You get them around men of God like your pastor, and you encourage them to make the right decisions. And so uh, I'm blessed with the, those kiddos uh, walking after the Lord, and, and I stand before you here today uh, thanking the Lord uh, for the heritage of family and also just the challenge. You know, every day, you know, you say, well, I, I think I've got it together. Uh, how many believe those kids and ultimately those grandkids, future generations are watching you? Mm-hmm. And I always tell folks, um, you know, remember, you're setting an example for those that are going to follow in your path. Good. good. Okay. When did you come to know uh, the Savior? Oh, when did you come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, I'm, I'm honored to be a Christian, and I know people think, can lawyers even be saved? Okay. So uh, how many are happy that uh, God put that whosoever in? Oh, okay. So that does... 
that does cover everybody. And, and by the way, just because I, our brother prayed beautifully, uh, but how many believe, by the way, everybody, God died for every human being. Amen. And anybody that espouses, you know, superiority or inferiority based on ethnicity, race, color of the skin, uh, how many believe that's denigrating to God's creation? Amen. I mean, God died for all of us. So I was a little guy, uh, Sunday school. Um, I was actually kind of young. I'm not saying this can always happen, but I was about four coming on five. So I was just going into kindergarten and I had a Sunday school teacher say, you know what? There's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell and heaven sure sounded a lot better to me. <laughs> and so I went home that evening and said, mom, I'm a little bothered about all this. And again, I, I will tell you as a four year old, I hadn't done a lot of evil. Uh, but how many believe we're all born with the sin nature? Mm -hmm. We all lie. We're all selfish. And so I was a early convert. And I, um, again, I understood that Jesus loved me and died for me. And so, again, another blessing. And I, I, I don't say this to brag. I just consider it something wonderful. And you can strive for this with your kids and grandkids is getting saved at an early age. How many believe the devil doesn't get to scar you up as much, mm -hmm. you know, and so you don't pick up some of the, the marks of this world. Okay. Uh, share, share with us your call to the ministry. You, you are a legal missionary. You're a preacher. You're a preaching uh, uh, lawyer, a lawyer who preach. I mean, that's kind of anti. I mean, most people don't even think we can be saved. Much less <laughs> preach. I mean, you know. I mean, so, so, so <laughs> share with us your call to the ministry. Well, I grew up around my dad and, and and I I went to law school with the vision, and this was kind of my vision. I like to help real people with real problems. Okay. I mean, at some level, the business of law, and, and there are, I'm sure, attorneys in your church and attorneys in your town, and, and there, there's different assets where people obviously can make a living and focus. And, and I think sometimes the profession gets criticized because a lot of attorneys, it's all about the money and how do they maximize the money. And, and sometimes they make money off people's problems. I mean, if you're in jail and you need an attorney and, you know, or you're going through a divorce or custody battle and you, you feel like, you know, you're paying as you're going through some painful experiences. Uh, but I um, went to law school with the vision of helping uh, people and, and in particular God's people, because I had some experiences as a kid. I mean, I actually went and visited when I was 13 years old, a, a pastor that was in jail. And, um, and he hadn't done anything wrong. At that time, he was running a small little Christian school in Nebraska. And the state told him, if you're going to run that school, we're going to put you in jail every day. And so this pastor actually had to go sit in the jail at 8 o'clock when they opened the school. And then at 3 o'clock when school shut down, they'd let him go. He had to come back the next day. And, and, um, and he said, look, I'm very respectful. And obviously law enforcement was kind to him. But he had to take a stand that um, as a Christian man, as a pastor, and, and certainly in support with his parents, that they had the right to train those kids. And so I saw those kind of things as a child, and I thought, you know what, I want to take my life, and, and much like the call to pastoring, you know, I mean, there's not your pastor and any of your staff, but there's pastors that, you know, get in it for the money or it's a good opportunity or different things. Uh, but I think when you have that heart of helping real people with real problems, you always have a ministry that will be in demand. Okay. Uh, let me ask this question. How important is it for your wife to partner with you in ministry? Well, I'm going to say, and I'll, I'll flip it both ways. Uh, how many believe whatever you're going to do, whether it's in work, ministry, life, and if you are married, how many believe it is important to have some support there? 
Amen. <laughs> because, and I'm, I'm broadening it out, and I realize that, but the, the bottom line is um, a spouse can kill your dreams. A spouse can kill your spirit. A spouse can get you off track. Now, let's flip, let's go positive. A spouse can be an encourager. A spouse can be your biggest fan. A spouse can help you stay on track when you start to drift. And so I always challenge folks, you know, everybody in the whole world fits into one of two categories. You're either a hope putter in her or you're a hope sucker outer. <laughs> and by the way, this applies to church members too, by the way. Okay. And, um, you know, when you're around folks, I mean, sometimes, you know, if, if people walk up and they just unload on you, you're like, oh, man, they just, you know, they're like Hoover vacuums of the spirit. Okay, they suck it out of you. Mm. But you can also be that encourager, that uplifter. And, and I, I give spouses this challenge, but I really put it to everybody. Uh, how many believe we do have a ministry where we can encourage one another? When this man of God sees you coming, and I know we got great people here. You're the Wednesday night. You're the backbone folks. Uh, but how many believe there are some people in this church that drain him? Okay. And then there's people here that bless him. And, and it can be just a word. And the Bible talks about a word fitly spoken. And so I just encourage you, you know, words count. Um, even parents, I, I, I say this, you might be right. Uh, you look at your kid and you go, you're as dumb as a box of rocks. You might be right. But how many believe that's the wrong way to say it? Because you'll destroy that child's spirit, you'll hurt him. And so I just encourage folks, make sure that whenever you take the limited amount of words you're going to say in your lifetime and make them count where you encourage or help somebody. Okay. Who has influenced you and who are some of your some of the preachers you enjoy listening to? As you listen to preachers, who's influenced you? Dr. Draper is one of my favorites. Oh. I, I, and I... I I don't think that was an easy one. I mean, I think that was a setup. He wanted a, you know, no, but, but let me say this. And I, I love your pastor and I, I do view him as a hero to me uh, in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, how many believe you see a man when he goes through good times and also through tough times? Uh, how many appreciate a man that can found and build something? And so I, I do love like even, I'm, I'm very envious. I can't sing. Okay. I, I, I've got a nice voice. People like the deep, but I got about three notes. So if we can get the songs to follow my three deep notes, we're just fine. But when I see a man of God that can sing, I'm always uh, gently carnal, maybe a little envious. So I, I'm confessing it's Wednesday night. But um, I'll tell you what I, I believe, okay? And I'm, I'm saying this about pastors, ministry leaders. The Bible talks about, in the end times, some of the first will be last. And the last will be first. And I envision, okay, here we are in Judgment Day. And, you know, God doesn't necessarily have these awards, but he goes, Pastor of the Year for the United States in 2017. <laughs> and we're going to think, man, there's some big names, there's some mega church guys. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a little pastor in Iowa. And they're going to say, and he faithfully pastored a church with 30 people. And he never got a salary. And we're going to be like, God, can we ask a question? He wasn't even that good to listen to. I mean, he nobody invited him to a conference. Nobody handed him a, a check for his books. He never wrote a book. And God's going to go, oh, no, 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 no. That man walked 
with me. And we're going to say, but what about the big names, the big fish? And God's going to go, oh, no, 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 don't, don't worry. They'll get their reward too. But how many believe, and I believe, that a lot of those guys get a lot of their reward down here? And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use this question. If I were to say to you, who's the most successful church or pastor in San Antonio? You know, the quick answers, the biggest, maybe the wealthiest church. Man, this church got lots of money. This church, is, you know, but might I suggest that the size or even the prosperity of a ministry does not connote greatness in the eyes of God. And so, you know, preacher, I, I guess some of the pastors that have influenced me the most have been names that you won't ever know. Ministries that in the eyes of many would be insignificant in their finances or their size. But I watched real folks that said, you know what, I want to do the Lord's work. And you see real, genuine Christianity. And, and again, I, I'm honored to help big ministries. This is a big church. I mean, I'm honored to stand with them. And But uh, sometimes you begin to see a more of a secular corporate mindset versus a Christ-honoring spiritual mindset. Good. Great. What a great answer. Uh, another question. What are some challenges you encounter as a legal missionary who fights for faith, family, and freedom across America? I will put it in a big overview, changing mindset in America. It's not just on TV. It's just not on the Internet. How many believe it's in our schools? It's in our pews. It's in my jury boxes. I mean, I'm trying to convince real people, judges, jurors, church members, you know, here's what God said. Here's what the law should be. And we're watching where there is a drift where people no longer look to absolute truth. And by the way, how many believe we have a book that we call the Word of God, the Bible, but it has truth in it. But now all of a sudden, when I go to a jury, regular citizens, they're sitting there thinking, well, you know, there's no truth. I mean, there's no real, I mean, it's kind of what I think. I mean, you know, two people love each other. Why shouldn't they just get married? Now tell me, why did that church not hire that guy because he's married to another man? Explain to me why you fired this really nice-looking woman, and she's real pleasant, she's real sweet. And yeah, she got pregnant and she wasn't married. But, you know, why were you all so mean to her? And it's the changing cultural mindset where you say, we, we, we love these people. We, we want to be good to them, but we also have to look to the Bible. And we have to take God's word and we have to live it out. So whether it's in the media, whether it's in education, whether it's in the jury box, or certainly talking to the judges, I'm facing a radically changing American mindset. Are you afraid? Uh, what? What do you fear as you go around? You're strong in your positions, your faith, you're a fighter. Do you ever say, did I just say that? Did I do that? Oh, my God. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I'll ask the question to all of you. 
How many have ever done something dumb? Can I see your hand, please? <laughs> and by the way, if you didn't raise your hand, you just lied in church. Okay, I'll tell you right now. You, you, you all need to confess. We'll have a little altar call. You know, it's, it's time to get honest. And, and so, obviously, I'm in a world where there's strategy. I mean, today's world, it can be between media, core, dealing with the clients, working with issues, preparing a case, working something towards a successful conclusion. So there's always moments where you can second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. And so what I always do is, you know, I try to run my, my cases through a matrix. Okay. And here's kind of my basic matrix, you know, number one, make sure we're right. By the way, how many believe right will line up with the word of God? Amen. And by the way, it will also line up with some of the basic facts. So you try to, you know, um, I have found that people will lie to you. Okay, so, you know, I mean, some old boy called me. He said, I got fired for witnessing for Jesus. I said, that doesn't sound too good. I said, can I see some of the paperwork? He said, well, the paperwork's going to say I was late 36 days in a row. (laughs) And on my way out the door, I told my boss he needs Jesus. (laughs) I was kind of thinking to myself, I don't think he got fired for witnessing. I I think he's having a little trouble getting out of bed. Okay. So, you know, make sure you're right. Number two, let's do it the right way. Now, let's be candid. Sometimes, even in the Christian community, I mean, we're watching all this hostility with hate groups and rallies and different things. And, you know, somebody says, we're pro-life. Let's go shoot an abortion doctor. And you go, well, wait a minute. You know, that, that doesn't seem right. You know, God's sort of got that little top ten list. You know, don't kill is on it. You know, if you're going to mess up, don't hit one of the top ten. I mean, God's, God's got that one handy. You know, he's putting it on stone and everything else. And so, you know, you might be sort of right, but you're doing it all the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And then number three, and Doc, this is probably my challenge, your challenge, all of us. Number three, let's do it with a right spirit. Because yeah. your spirit is your testimony. Your wow. church is not sued, so we're, we're using a hypothetical. Your spirit is your testimony. But if we go to court and we're right and we fight it in court the right way, we can win the case with a bad spirit and displease God Almighty. We can lose the case, but if we keep our spirit right, our testimony is intact. And sometimes folks, and I'm being candid, they talk about the religious right. And sometimes you go, man, I just don't know. I feel like some of those guys are kind of out there. What, what is it that, I, I mean, they kind of say the right thing. They talk about the Bible and God. Well, here's the issue. It's the spirit. And by the way, when people deal with some of these, whether it's racial issues, hate group issues, any of that, there's principles. We need to do what's right, and we need to do it the right way. But when the spirit gets off, that's where testimony can be lost. Okay. How do we cultivate a healthy, well-balanced church? Well, great question. All right. A healthy, well-balanced church is one that does not forget its mission. Okay. I mean, a church should not be in survival mode. A church should be in thriving mode. Why are we here? We're here to reach the lost and we're here to minister to the saints. Now there's some, 
things that we do under all of that. Certainly we fellowship. And by the way, how many believe at this church we eat? And we eat again and we eat some more. And you know. Okay, so but if we become a social group or just a gathering of nice people that enjoy each other's company, that's what I call missional drift. Everything here, and, and by the way, you can do good things that distract from your mission. And so as a church, if you say, where does this fall in what we're called of God to do? Okay, I mean, you can go pick up litter all over town, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but is that how are we going to reach the lost? How are we going to minister to the saints? And just be careful, the devil's the master distracting you with even good things from what you're absolutely called to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's powerful. Um, next is how do you cultivate effective church growth and stay on the cutting edge of ministry without compromising the scripture? Also, what are some of the wrong ways to seek church growth? Growth is not the goal. Growth is the end result of meeting people's needs. We're in America right now where there is what I call a consumer culture. Okay, now, now let me explain. Um, everybody here knows what Walmart is. Okay. Years ago, there wasn't Walmart. You know what there was? There was a pharmacy, there was a butcher, there was a milkman, there was a meat market. And people did business on relationship. Some of you, the young folks won't remember, but you used to walk into a store and they'd say, put it on my tab. I'll, when you get money, you pay up. That was very relational. Okay. A guy by the name of Sam Walton said, you know what? If you go into these towns and you give people, number one, what they want, these superstores, at number two, a price they're willing to pay. They will destroy lifelong relationships, and they will come to our stores. And you know what a lot of people said? You're crazy, Mr. Walton. It won't work because people are loyal. They're not going to walk away from the pharmacist that carried the tab. They're not going to walk away from the butcher that gave them the special cut of meat. They're not going to walk away from the tailor that gave them nice clothes. They'll never walk away. And guess what happened? Sam Walton was right. You give people what they want at a price they're willing to pay, they'll flock to you. And he's the biggest store and the biggest grocer. And, and by the way, how many believe the Internet's only made it worse? <laughs> I mean, your spouse comes back from shopping. Typical man does not go now, honey, did you go to Walmart because we're not Target people? Or did you go to Target because we're not Walmart people? I understand there's no loyalty. What are the two questions you'll ask? What did you get? And what did it cost? <laughs> and if it's too much, you're taking it back. Okay, I mean, you understand, that's, 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 by the way, consumerism. Okay, that's how business operates in this world. That's how things... Now, here's the problem. It's invaded the church. Okay, because people come to church, and here's what they say. Does this church have what I want? Now, church like Maranatha... People may go, hey, nice people, good sermon, great program. I like this place. But number two, at a price you're willing to pay. Now, 
here's where you, this is where you guys get in trouble. Cause somebody goes, you like actually like want me to like give 10% of all my money. What are you crazy? Uh, I mean, you like want me to like live right. You want me to like talk about this Jesus thing somewhere else? Man, that's expensive. Y'all are a little, you're out there. And here's the temptation of what I call the more contemporary slash carnal church movement. Lower the price and more people will show up. Now here's a little concern here. You never out Walmart, Walmart. Because every time you lower the price, there's somebody willing to go even lower. And so I say to y'all, how do you sell? Now, now hear me out. How do you sell something that's expensive? Okay. If somebody says, you know, Mercedes Benz makes a car and so does Chevrolet. Why would anybody buy a Mercedes Benz? Because I mean, it's so much more money and you know, I mean, they both got tires and steering wheel and engines and okay. I mean, same basic transportation. Well, the way Mercedes, Mercedes says, Hey, if you want a Chevrolet, God bless you. Look at the quality. And they talk about how this is just so much better and safer. And the way you sell something expensive is you have to convince people of the quality. Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in tomorrow as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.